You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary... documentary podcast what did you do there i don't know uh my uh maybe i've got throat cancer um like gray last week had throat cancer i think gray is probably fine i'm probably fine too anyway it's building the game i'm rob that's jason it's monday july 8th it's episode 371 i remembered this 371 371 is that a reference to something that i don't know no no No, i just good great felt like singing Okay, hey, Don't sometimes it's fun to sing. And I think it's normal when people start singing when they're talking. That's not normal. I'm done. All right, yeah. Okay. I, I liked where you were going with yeah. that, though. <sighs> Hi. 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 My voice is a mess, it seems. Um, yeah, hi. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's January. No, it's not January. It's July. It's the other day. Six months later, it's yeah, July. One of the other J's. There's also June, you know. Yeah, and November, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how was your Fourth of July? Did you have a good time? Our plan for Fourth of July is this: because we're recording this before July. Yeah. 4th. we're gonna shoot off a bunch of fireworks. Good. Uh, then we're gonna go camping in the middle of nowhere. Good. And then that's that's. The then whole you're gonna thing. burn the forest down. No, we're not fireworks. gonna shoot fireworks out there. No, Aww. I don't think actually you can in the Manistee National Forest. Pretty sure that is not allowed. Gotcha. So Manistee National Forest, where is that? How far away is that? Uh, two and a half hours northish. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Good. No, it's a nice little place. It's very rustic. It's called Tippy Dam. Mm-hmm. Rustic, uh, so you can take your deluxe camper with a microwave and an air conditioner. They, neither one of which will work because there's no power. <laughs> oh, there's no so, power. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a generator? Come on. I don't have a generator because we can't ru- do the rustic camping so few and far between. Uh-huh. That, um, I have uh, I have batteries for my phone. That's uh-huh. really all I care about. Okay. Can I charge my phone? I can. That's all that matters. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, you don't sleep on the ground though? No, we have a camper, right. idiot. Why would I sleep on the ground ever? Because that's what camping is. Because being uncomfortable is what camping's about. You can bring a, a, a camping mattress. Or, no, or I thought I'd be sleeping on the. I wouldn't be sleeping on the ground. Well, you would be not sleeping in a camper, though. Hey, if I did bring an air mattress, you know what else I'd bring? What? Something to blow it up with. It's not my lungs. <laughs> well, that's just something else to carry and take up space. Yeah, too. true. No, we have, we'll we'll bring the camper, which has uh, two beds in it. Well, okay. three actually, three beds. Three beds. The one thing is like the kitchen, uh, the dining room table turns into a bed, uh-huh. uh, which is what Laurel sleeps on. But uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, yeah. So yep. it's um, Christine and I sleep on our dining room table all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. Well, if it folded down uh, with bench seats, <laughs> uh, you probably would because you'd be like, "This is comfy." Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, we uh, we we do that. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I'm I'm not super excited about that trip. I mean, I'm Why super not? excited about that trip, but I don't like rustic camping anymore. Mm. Um, so they've got like outhouses, right? A couple outhouses. The mm-hmm. kids hate outhouses. There's always a bajillion flies in the outhouses, right? Always. Um, and it's going to be busy because it's going to be the Fourth of July weekend, which mm-hmm. means undoubtedly oh, yeah. that uh, the the toilets will smell real bad. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We're only doing two nights, so that's kind of nice. Uh, we get up to the first day, you know, you shower real good that first day, mm-hmm. uh, and then you uh, shower real good when you get home. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, it's a nice little area up there. Okay. For, uh, good. 
taking some walks and stuff. Stuff and, to uh, do during the day for the kids. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they'll they'll mostly play around the campsite. They're real excited about that. Right? Oh, good. They get jazzed about playing around the campsite, getting dirty. Yeah, yeah. Playing playing with fire, mostly. Yeah, waving flaming sticks around. Yeah, yeah. But no fireworks. <laughs> no fireworks. So. Um, what are you doing for the 4th of July? The big family thing? or do you guys uh, not do that Our anymore? family thing, our annual family thing is scaled back now. My brother and his family live in Michigan. Oh, so you don't have to party because he's coming. He's right. already here. He's here right? all the time anyway. But my uh, my sister-in-law, his, his, his wife's uh, folks and brother are coming from California to oh. visit. So they'll oh, be around. Wow. That'll be fun. But they are the only... Normally we have... In, in past years, we've had like 12 people come mm-hmm. to my up to my dad's house. 12 or more, if, if not more, up to my dad's house in the 4th. Um... So this year it'll be a lot smaller and more chill. Also, it's it's weird because the fourth is a Thursday, right? And Christine and I both have to work on that Friday, the day after. So you know, oh we'll, yeah, we'll, that's not fun. Yeah, so we'll get up at you know we we'll get out of work on the third at five o'clock, and we'll get to my dad's house about seven, and uh, and then they do fireworks in the lake, typically on the third because, you know, let's say let's say to pay for a professional fireworks show on the third. Um, uh, well, let's say let's say you want to put on a professional fireworks show. You're going to hire a group to do that on July 4th, and that's going to cost you half a million dollars. Let's say that, right? Who's doing that? Uh, that that it's expensive, dude. Well, yeah, yeah. But but so so let's say it's a half a million dollars if you do it on the fourth. If you do it on the third, it's like a hundred grand. That's the kind of price difference you're dealing with, right? If you want it on the third versus the fourth, right? So so at the lake where my dad lives, they always do it on the third. Um, but they they actually hire someone to do that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they there used to be a guy, uh, a resident on the lake who uh, he was a retired fireman, and uh, he would just do a big show out, out of his backyard, and uh, and the 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 community would would donate. Uh, he, first few years he did it just for fun, um, and then people in the community said, "Hey, you know, you're putting on such a great show. We want to donate. We want to help you out." But then you know after. 15 years of that he said look i'm retired and i'm getting old and i just can't i can't keep up with right. this anymore but the p the the community loved having their own private fireworks show right and so ever since then the the uh, the lake association they again they collect money how from, many houses around the lake there's a lot like there must be a lot a lot because there's a lot a hundred thousand dollars is that's a lot of money it, it's also a very wealthy community jason right. that's yeah. true <laughs> People with too much money to spend on something yes. stupid like fireworks. Yes, it's a great show though. It's always a great show. Um, anyway, great. So that so that'll be on the third, and of course it doesn't get dark in Michigan in the summer until you know ten o'clock at night. Right. Um, so, uh, so it'll be almost on the fourth. Yeah. So it'll be almost on the fourth anyway, uh, and then we'll sleep late on the fourth. And of course we've got to work on the fifth, so we're we'll be at my dad's, you know, for dinner, and then we'll come home. So it'll be kind of a kind of a a quiet fourth for us. And I'm glad about that. We've had too many crazy ones. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we'll just light off fireworks at like, you know, eight o'clock. Right. Something. Yeah. Well, it's still, we might let daylight. the kids stay up later this year. We've, yeah. we've agreed to let the kids attempt. Cause they said, when can we stay up till midnight? No. We said, you know what? New year's, New year's, you can make it. You can do it. <laughs> Cause you're going to get up at six the next morning, no matter what. Yeah. So sure. Go for it. Yeah. Gonna let them give it a try. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure they'll pass out by 9:30. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't have to work on the fifth, by the way, because you know, because you don't have a job. Sweet. <laughs> I, set, I work when I want to work. It's That's pretty right. great. Yeah, it must be nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so turns out it is. I was just thinking Spider-Man's coming out soon. I'm gonna have to go see that. Yeah. On a Tuesday. There you go. <laughs> you guy. 
Are you going to see that uh, that new uh, Avengers Endgame they've got coming out? Um, probably. If only because I desperately want that to knock Avatar off the top. Because you desperately want to? Yeah. Why? Who cares? Why? Because they're, James Cameron is a. They're both giant. Look, they're both intellectual properties owned by Disney. Here's right? here's here's why. Who cares? This is why. I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. Because the MCU, well, it has its problems. Is this epic thing that came together over a decade, uh-huh. right? Um, Twenty three movies, something like that. Um, it's an achievement, right? Um, it's achievement of marketing and but it's, and but branding it's, and but still, I mean, it was it, they told a really large story that, frankly, ten years ago you would have said there's no way in our wildest oh, comic sure. book dreams this had never happened. Sure, James Cameron, uh-huh. um. Made a, a movie. Hack. He made. He is a hack. Yeah. He made a movie. He made with, Pocahontas. He bit. He did. That's with, exactly what it's going to be. Blue cat. He people. made Pocahontas with blue cat people. Yeah. Um. And that was. That's it. Right. It in the CG is. Oh, it's so great. But I mean, like at the time, it was pretty good. But still, it it's is, still pretty good. But the story was dumb. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Like, I mean, I I've only seen it once, and I only went to see it because it was the spectacle, right? And uh-huh. and I didn't even. I was just kind of like, oh, that's all right. the only reason everyone went to see it. Right. Yeah. And now he's making like Avatar two, three, four, five, and twelve or something. Mm-hmm. And why? Why? I, Money. I'm willing to bet you that the second one um, will do pretty well, right? Uh-huh. Sure. But it will be really poorly received, and the third one will either get canceled mm-hmm. or be such a failure they've that they'll cancel. They've finished filming like the next three of them or something. They've, they've, I think two through five. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's stupid. It's it's yeah. It is it is stupid. I agree, but it's all about money. It's it's right. a, it's about it's about making something that's easily digestible to the general public. Right. And, and you know, and, and I mean, but who doesn't love blue cat people? That's Hollywood, dude. And guess right. what? Marvel is exactly the same thing. They're not interested in telling stories as good stories as much as they are interested in getting a lot of money. That's why Disney's doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think some of them attempt to find a balance. Pixar is a really good example, right? Pixar attempts to find the balance of telling really good stories and making lots of money, right? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, there's, I don't think there's a bad Pixar movie in the lot. Um, I haven't seen them all. I mean, all the ones I've, I've actually not seen them all either. I've seen probably all but like two of them, two of the newer ones. Every single one of those movies is, is fantastic. Um, I just watched yeah. Moana. It wasn't. I didn't think it was that well, great. Moana's not Pixar. First of oh, all, oh no, oh I no, thought it was Disney. Um, Jason Pixar is Disney, yeah, but it, they're they are two different studios, and okay. the quality of their films are very different. Okay, so, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> no, I'm right. Also, I I'm thought, sure. I'm sure you are. Also, I thought Moana was fantastic, but um, it was fine. Yeah, there was it was a. Did you really watch it? Because it was. I, I did watch. It Moana. was a really good movie. It was fine. So, um, it was fine. I mean, Django Fett was in it. How was that? Not Django cool? Fett was in it. He was what? her dad. He was the chief. Oh, Tamara okay. Morrison. Yeah, because they because they cast hey all Polynesian sure. people and all and that's um, great Pacific Islanders. Sure. Like how cool is that? If, really, that wasn't Pixar. I could have I would have sworn that was no, Pixar. It's not Pixar. Right. I guess I, I don't, just don't care. She is a Disney princess. <sighs> well, s- s- this- technically, they said Merritt is a Disney princess. That, that's how it is in Who's that? Mouth. Merritt is from Brave. Um, oh. So I never saw that one. Billy Conley is the king in that. Oh, I like Billy Conley. I know, right? Yeah, he's a funny guy. So, no, but did anyways. you ever see Fido? That movie where he was a zombie. 
No, it's pretty no. good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Did not appeal to me. It's one of the few zombie movies that I kind of kind of really got into. Zombie Land Two is coming out. I, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about Finally. that. I rewatched Z- Zombie Land not just a few weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it the second yeah. time. Yeah, it, it knows not to take up. itself too self too yeah. seriously. Yeah, so, yeah, it holds up. What were we? Um, um, I don't even know. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, whatever. So I want to talk a little bit about an update on something I'm working on. Oh. And then we got a crutch on of voicemails from various people yeah. we're going to listen to. Can Unless I tell you? You want to tell me something? Yeah, first? I can tell you something oh. real funny. Because so so when we're, we we were at Origins recently, right? And one of the things that I bought there was a dice game called Dracaris Dice. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 How bad is that? Oh man, it's so bad. <laughs> I duh. <laughs> it's so bad. We opened it up the other night. And I'm like, all right, hey Christine, let's let's uh, let's try this this dice game. It's Dracarys dice. I bought it. It was twenty dollars, and I bought it because it said Dracarys. It's probably bad, so let's give it a try. Um, it is not a game; it's an activity. You you roll you roll the dice, and uh, they're they're d sixes. Three of the sides are blank. If you roll a blank, you just don't do anything. <laughs> I like that they didn't even bother like to put like nope. an X on it or like a one of those Zero, little dot the pips, least you know? amount of effort, right? If you get a little um if you get a little icon of a knight's helmet, you just throw that back in the box, you're done. You don't need that anymore. If you get a dragon, you give it to another player. If you get a fireball, you put it in the middle middle of the table. Okay? Later on a later turn, <laughs> if you roll your dice and you don't get a fireball, then you take all the fireballs that are in the middle of the table. Uh, and that's the whole game. The the player who wins is the first player to run out of dice. There are zero decisions to be made in that game. You are rolling dice, right? And then taking right. an action. It's not even on... press your luck like most of those rolling dice no. games. Like it's that. not. It's not even like hey, you can choose to either take this action or hold this die and re-roll it or something. You know, there's there's zero input from the player. It it's is, left, right, center, basically. It's basically that. In fact, I looked at the box after we played that. We played it <coughs> like six times in about five minutes because that's how engaging the game was, right? Um, and then we'll ne- we're never going to play this again. Um, and, and I looked at the box. I was like, this is not even a game. This is, and, and I look at the back of it and it says, based on Pass the Panda. So it's a little kid's game. That oh. they rebranded uh, to try and sell the Yeah, bullets. that actually, and we have a game like that that we actually enjoy playing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, God, I don't know what it's called, Kitty something. It's this mouse game. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, you roll the dice and uh, basically, yeah. Uh, just, oh, sleeping kitties, I think. Yeah. If you get the sleeping cat, that's great um, because you're trying to steal stuff as the mm-hmm. mice. And whoever runs out of dice, the last person to have dice wins the game. Sure. And you have no effect on the game. You yeah. just roll the dice. Right. Roll so, the dice good, Rob. Yeah, it's a it's a game for five-year-olds that they rebranded right. to try and get some money off of Game of Thrones. Right. So good job. Dun, 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 they dun. suckered me into it. So we bought two games uh, yeah. when I was at there. I bought um, uh, Second Chance. It was an Uwe Rosenberg game. Uh, much Uwe. like... Much like patchwork, um, you get two car- You got a grid, right? It's a it's a a, a random and right, as uh, Gray said last yeah, week. Right, right, right. So it's a it's a flip and right. Flip it's and a right. flip and right game. Yep. Um. So you uh you flip two cards, and those cards uh have uh tetrominoes on them, uh, and uh you draw. You pick one, and you draw it on your uh on your grid, right? And uh you keep doing that until someone suddenly can't fit one on their grid and in which case they get a second chance they get to flip over one more and if they can fit that on their grid then you continue playing otherwise you count up who has the most empty spaces 
Um, likely that person who couldn't go is going to lose, but not always. Um, Steph and I really, really enjoyed it. It was super duper fun. Good. Um, and then we also got my first Castle Panic. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is based on Castle Panic. It's a kid's version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, you're these monsters that come towards the castle, um, and you have heroes that have symbols on them. The symbols match squares the monsters can be on. Uh, it's really fun. The kids love it. Uh, if you play it the correct way, like the hard way, it's mm-hmm. really hard. Oh. Uh, but they have like easier rules. Like some heroes have like multiple shapes on them. And mm. the idea is you could pick one. But they said to make the game easier for kids, um, you should just um, let the, you know, like that, let it clear every space that it matches. Sure. Right. Sure. And that makes the game a lot easier. Um, and then when I got home for Father's Day, uh, they had bought me this game called Ramen Fury. Ramen Fury. Yeah, which was uh, Chris Rollins uh, was the uh, main guy on that. It was a Force Prusan game, which is like a collective that like designs games. Okay. Um, and so Chris was, I, I actually am friends with him on Facebook. And I was yeah. like, the, so the packaging of this this bad boy uh-huh. uh, looks like a ramen package, right? A little oh. pouch. Yeah. And you open it and I when I opened it, I actually just swore out loud because it's a double deck box inside uh-huh. and the double deck box looks like a brick of noodles. Oh, that's clever. It's too clever. Like I literally, I, it upset me because Chris it was smart so guy. smart, right? Chris is a smart guy. Right. But he, uh, yeah, he said the graphic design team really nailed that one. And, yeah. and the game is actually super fun. You're just good. trying to make good ramen uh-huh. uh, and then eat three bowls of ramen that are good and worth a lot of points. I could eat three bowls um, of ramen right I now. know, me too. Uh, but instead, what keeps happening is people keep sabotaging your ramen. Oh. But then there are ways you can like um, get back on the sabotage, and it's yeah. so it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, we played it a few times. Really enjoyed it. So Good. that was a win. Uh, Steph saw it at Barnes and Noble. Solely bought it because of the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "We like ramen. It's called Ramen Fury, uh-huh. uh, and the packaging is just is just too freaking good." Good. So um, you've been to that uh, Pacific Rim Cafe yet? Yeah, it's all, it's all right. I haven't been there so, yet. Some people seem to really love it. it, it the ramen is pretty good. Okay. Uh, honestly, my wife makes ramen, like homemade ramen, and it's uh-huh. it's far superior. Okay. Far superior to what they have there. Okay. Um, and then, so those Forest Pruzan people also designed another game, and I'm told Stephanie Straw worked on this one. I'm going to uh-huh. show you a picture of this one. All right. Um, going to get that in the show notes, too. Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm just no. going to say what it is. People can look it up. Okay. This is a real game, Rob. That is a real game. Keeping it sexy with Kenny G nope. on the cover. Keeping it sexy. Oh, keeping it sexy. It's a Kenny G game. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. that's funny. So, um, I, uh, yeah. It's sexy with Kenny G. Yep. S-A-X-Y. Yeah. So uh, anyways, that looks interesting. Uh, I think that it's either coming out soon or it just came out. I'm not sure. But I was like, oh my God. Really? That's funny. Really? That's funny. There's a, there's a They Might Be Giants call a song called S-E-X-X-Y. Uh, anyway, it's a good song. Hey, you know what? Uh, another thing. Ready for this other thing? Ready. Go. My first concert ever. Uh-huh. This is big information. It's big information. The first concert I ever went to was Kenny G. In my life was Kenny G. Wow. I did not want to go to the Kenny G concert. Uh-huh. And you can make fun and say, oh yeah, you love Kenny G. No, no. My dad was a big fan of Kenny G. I played the saxophone, uh-huh. alto sax, not soprano sax. And my dad said, let's go. And so he took me. And it was an okay experience. There was one part where Kenny G like plays a note for like, I don't know, 17 hours or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like a minute and a half, but it's still like, whoa, dude, stop that. That's freaky. Why do you hate Kenny G? I don't hate Kenny G. I just don't enjoy his music. 
Well, there's nothing wrong with his music. No, I mean, you know, every once in a while, I like to be in an elevator and hear his music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to, you want to hear something uh, really embarrassing about me? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Up. I don't know. This is this is, might be my first concert. If it's not my first concert ever, it's at least the first one that I remember. Uh huh. Was Lee Greenwood. Oh, yeah. You were proud to be an American? Yeah. Where at boy. least you knew you were free? <laughs> At one time, I knew that. I was proud to be an American. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. So I think that I think that was my first like big concert because there was a kid who lived down the street from me who's, whose dad was a DJ for the local country station. And he, so my, my buddy's dad, right? And, uh, and, and so they said, hey, let's go to the, let's go to the county fair because we get we have we have uh, free uh, free front row tickets for Lee Greenwood, and you were like, "Yeah, sign me up." I was or? like, "Okay," uh, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And then lots of people waved flags in your face and were like, "Yeah." yeah. I remember it being fun, but I was also ten years old, maybe. Right, right. And 10, you were maybe like, eleven. Yeah, I'm proud. Yeah, yeah. I always remember one. So I think basically, I think I win. Right. I think Lee, Lee Greenwood's worse than Kenny G. Probably, yeah. yeah. More embarrassing, certainly. Yeah. Less talent. So I just won so, up to you, Jason. Yeah, you did. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk about something <laughs> okay. quick here, and then we're going to listen to some voicemails. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> so I recently got a gig working with an education company. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Humble brag. No, no. This is actually. I just want to talk about this. Is um, uh, basically they they deal with reading stuff. I'm going to be super vague here because once the game is out, that I'm I'll I probably they'll like it if I talk about it. But right now I'm, I'm just going to keep it vague. So they hired me to um, design a game uh, for them, uh, and it was just kind of a, a fortunate thing that I even got paired up with them. It was through some people knew me, some people knew them, and said, "Hey, you guys should talk." And it turns out we hit it off real well. And um, so, so they hired me to design a game to go with, uh, with some reading tools that they had where the reading tools work really well, but they were like, Hey, could we gamify this? And I was like, absolutely. And so it's, it's been really interesting cause it's not only designing a kid's game, right? Which is something that I I've done before and I enjoy doing, but it was divine designing a kid's game with zero randomness, right? Uh, simply because the goal of the game was to help kids learn to read. Um, and, it, um, to the point where when I showed the game to them, I said, we can play this game, but as adults, it's silly, right? Because like, you know, we know what we're doing. And, and on the game, you're trying to do the, you're trying to collect things you need. You're trying to collect words, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you move around the game trying to collect these words. And so the, a lot of my design time really went into laying out how that works, right? How your movement works and stuff. And um, it's just been such a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to what I'm used to designing, um, you know, like play testing was easy. Like I just like had my kids play the game because I played the game and I was like, wow, this is too easy. Yeah. They, but So they basically said, hey, we already have this activity and, yes, and this, yes. this tool here available. Right. And, and that right now it works fine for us, mm-hmm. but we would like to add another layer of right. fun to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they basically said, we want to have another option to, to show this off to people, you know, and, um, and they gave me the limitation of, uh, of we have these these reading cards and uh, you're going to like they need to be a primary uh, component in it because we don't we can't reprint all of these for every time somebody needs a game this really should be an add on like hey also you could get this game to go along with it yeah um and so that was uh it's been a really interesting experience the people have been fantastic to work with good um it's just kind of 
first of all, it's kind of surreal to just be like hired to design a game on spec, right? Mm-hmm. Cause like that doesn't that doesn't happen for us. Um nope. I'm sure that happens for yeah, I'm sure that happens for several designers we know. For uh yeah. But not us, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know. Uh I mean, even even the John Gilmores of the world, right? They're still out there, like he's still out there hustling, selling games, right? Sure. I mean, sure, when he says, I've got a game, way more people say, Could we see that mm. than when you or I say yeah, I've got a absolutely. game? But I mean, he's still out there. Like I see him post on Facebook, hey, I've got this game about this and this game about this. If any publishers want to see it. Uh, you know, let me know. I'll show you to your origins, which first of all is amazing. Like I'm envious of that. Right. To just be like, Hey publishers. Yeah. Want to see my games? You, could you so, tell me? Right. Yeah. Um, but so working with this company has been, it's been really cool. Um, yeah. and yeah. I, I hope to work with them more in the future. We're, we're about halfway through the process now. Um, you know, now it's just kind of refining and doing some development, mm-hmm. which again is unlike any development I've ever done. Um, because it's just so different and, and I've been able to do some advising for them on like components and things that they want to include and how to price those out and how to find those and, you know, how to source all the stuff, mm-hmm. um, which has been fun to be able to, you know, put some of this knowledge to use with knowledge that never helps a publisher. Right. Because they already know all this yeah, stuff better than we do. Right. Yeah. And so, right, right. Um, so it's been pretty cool to be able to help with that, you know, and, um, yeah, it's good. And, uh, to get paid for making a board game. That's, that's cool. You know, that's um, pretty sweet. I mean, I've done that before, but uh, you know, to get, like I said, again, to get hired on spec, that was neat. That mm-hmm. was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. And yeah. I, I hope, like I said, to be able to talk about it a lot more, uh, once it's out, I, I there's no reason why I wouldn't be able to, um, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the thing where when I'm done with it, they own everything. They own all the IP. Sure. That was the agreement. And sure. And I actually pushed for that because it just makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, this isn't something to where, you know, Neil and I have that game we're working on where we're going to try and sell it outside of the industry and then turn around and, and try and retheme it and make a few tweaks and sell it within the industry as well because mm-hmm. there's no reason not to. But in this case, there's just no reason to do that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I'm stoked about that. Uh, so I'll keep you all posted as I can as we move forward. Uh, I'm, I think around September time, that's when we're really going to be able to start talking about it because I think they want to have it, be able to show it off to people right at the beginning of school, which cool. makes sense. Yeah, so, totally. Because it's a tool for classrooms mostly. Yeah. Um, now we've got uh, several voicemails from several different people, which is yeah, exciting. that is fun. Um, we love our voicemails from Len, and we do have one of those, but we also like hearing from new people um, or people who haven't heard from in a long time. And so, yeah. So uh, Let's go. Let's do it. The BG, Len near Wexford. So uh, I just got done watching a video about flat earthers, and I'm wondering... How long will it take before history repeats us back to the uh, dark ages? I would say very soon, probably. There's a there's a real <laughs> risk there. Yeah, that. Um, I yeah. I want to be like I the, is when I say this. I, I may have said this on the show before. I don't actually want to be a flat earther, but boy, boy, do I envy the I, thing that like I, I I get what you're saying. Right? Right? The idea that the Earth is a disc and there's this ring of sweet mountains, yeah, and like you no. could like look over and we could explore like the underside of the Earth. Like, oh my gosh! And like, what I what I get excited about is the idea of being just just being that completely stupid, right? <laughs> to to have have to have that kind of confidence right that that self-assuredness that i know better than everyone else 
and that I know something that no one else knows and I understand better. Like to have that kind of self-importance that those people, people like that must wake up every morning feeling like a million dollars, right? They must wake up every morning being like, I'm going to win today again because I, I know right. ever better than everybody else and, and I never lose and I never fail right. and I am smarter. To have that kind of, that, that I don't know, to have confidence. That, in, that confidence inside you, yeah, to, to, to know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are smarter and better than everyone else around you. Right. Like I feel like I struggle almost every day to feel like I'm smart, not a miserable failure. To quote, to quote, uh, to quote the the lady from the Help. Uh, okay. You is smart. Uh-huh. You is kind. You is important, Rob. Uh-huh. That's that's what she says to the one kid every day. Sure. Yeah. I thought that's you were. What she says. Yeah. Well, I I go more Stuart so. Smalley. I'm good enough and I'm smart, smart enough, enough and gosh darn it people like me. Right. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's here's what I want to see a movie about uh-huh. though. This is but we shouldn't because we really shouldn't make this movie uh-huh. because of modern day that we live in. Yeah. But how cool would it be to have a movie where like a, a rich billionaire, well I mean he's rich cuz he's a billionaire, but or she, could be a she. Uh-huh. Uh I feel like uh I feel like a woman would be smarter than this, but um <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm going to fly you flat earthers to the uh, edge of the earth, uh-huh. right? And so they fly to, the, we're going to fly around the globe, but then guess what happens, Rob? They get to the edge of the earth. That'd be great. Yeah, right? But then your flat earthers would be like, oh, the truth. Oh my gosh, that's true. The lizard people. But you know, yeah. So anyways. That would be pretty awesome. I'm going to play the next one. This is from Matthew Bevins. Hey, uh, Matthew Bevins again. I'm calling after listening to the time episode, so games that have, or end game mechanic, uh, and you guys talked about time a bit. Um, so there's a, there's a game called, uh, Energy Empire, uh, Manhattan Project Energy Empire, and in it there's, um, there's a, what do you call those? Uh, it's like pollution. So when you and it causes pollution, and so you take that from a pile of pollution, and there's six piles of pollution. Uh, at the end of a pile, there's like some event that happens. Um, it's really fun. I've only actually played it once. Uh, the expansion um, is on Kickstarter right now. But, um, so I, I wanted to mention that, um, game clocks, game end clocks, uh, Bruges has two piles of cards that you draw from when one pile ends, uh, that triggers the last round and, or the next round will be the last round. It's been a while since I played that one. Um, both of them are longer games, so I will also include um, the past, like, four or five episodes where you guys have kind of been digging into the emotional stuff has has been really awesome. Uh, you know, it's and, and I'm really tuned into these episodes, you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm with you through the transition, and I, I uh, hope the best for the fellow leaving and the file is staying, right? So 
Yeah, and it was good to hear Neil talk about that stuff, too. Have a great day, guys. I look forward to the next episode. Peace. Thank you, Matthew. Um, so that is great, great stuff. Uh, yeah, we, we appreciate that feedback. Um, the sad thing I do want to call out is um, the designer of Manhattan Project, uh, Energy Empire, was James Maith, who actually recently passed away. Yeah, that's that's um, just tragic. And you left this message far before that. Yeah. That's why you didn't say that. Oh, we're just behind, of course, as we always are. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, but hey, thank you especially, too, for talking about uh, the fact that the emotional stuff has been helpful for you and it's been interesting uh, because, uh, yeah, you know, we, we always feel like we're putting ourselves out on a limb with that kind of stuff and hoping that it uh, hoping that it resonates. And mm-hmm. so the fact that it did um, is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I always worry that somebody's listening and saying, all right, guys, get back to the games already. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, not that we spend a lot of time talking about games anyway, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Bruges, I've heard people say that Bruges is really good, but I've never played that. Um, I haven't either. Yeah, yeah, but good, yeah. I like I like that idea of two decks and when one runs out, triggers it, even if there's still a whole lot of game left in the other one. That uh, that gives players a lot of control over when things are ending, which which I like that kind of opportunity, you know? Right, yeah. me too. Got another one here from Matthew. Uh, this one is about the design retreat. I've already listened to this one okay. um, because he had some cool ideas for us, uh, but uh, I did not play it on the show Okay, because I forgot to play it because I listened to it, so then it wasn't new, and then I was like, oh. But anyways, so I'm going to play it for us now. All right. Hey, uh, Matthew Bivens calling to uh, talk about things to bring on your design retreat. I would say um, you, were get, you guys are getting into cutting tools, Um you've got components i would i would say a variety of paper types um pre-sleeved cards uh so that you can just stick what you print in there um maybe uh some thick chipboard uh in various board sizes or um yeah uh measuring equipment obviously rulers and such i i would also bring games that you want to play um games games that inspire you guys were talking about co-design um you might need to take a break from the designing and play something similar in style to what you want to make um or genre i think was the term that the co-designer was saying uh it's probably like a week or two since you recorded that episode and uh now you're listening to this so okay uh good luck with your design getaway that sounds like a blast peace yes um two great suggestions out of there were rulers uh which i actually did use to measure cards but also used just as a straight edge which was nice to have um and then uh neil ended up bringing uh some different weighted cardstock it was a little thinner Mm -hmm. uh, than what i normally use but was better than paper and it meant we didn't have to sleeve cards for quick iterations and it was really helpful nice good yeah thank you matthew um yeah, thank you for for calling. Thank you for using not using the email. <laughs> we appreciate that. We're following the instructions. Yeah, and please not using the email. Good to hear from you. And I'm sorry it took us a little while to get to your calls. Please, please don't let that deter you in the future. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So yeah, and your design weekend went well. You said I, we we had heard yeah, the was fantastic. Uh, yeah, the episode that you guys recorded, but that was really great. Next one. Yeah. New caller, not a new caller, different caller. Uh, Mr. Isaac calling us, who we all love right. to hear from. So here we go. We got two from Isaac, and then uh, I think we're all set here. All right. Hey, guys. It's Isaac Shalev calling from the middle of a hailstorm. So I hope you can hear me all right. I uh, listened 
to the podcast where Rob made his uh, announcement that he's stepping back from the show. Uh, and, of course, uh, Rob, you'll be tremendously missed, and I have so much appreciation for all the work you've done on the show. Uh, I really hope that's not the last time that we hear from you. I have a question, which is, it seems like, you know, this is a trend of people who were in the industry in the last few years taking a step back. Does the show itself change as we think about who is left or who might be getting started these days and how they might be different from who started the journey with you? So I'll pitch that out to you guys to take on. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Isaac. Um, that's a good question. I, um, I, I admittedly am not super in tune with with a lot of the the design community, uh, so I'm not sure who else might be getting out of the the gig. But um, yeah, I don't know how you you haven't talked a lot about what the show's going to look like after I'm gone yet, have you? I haven't, but I will say this, um, you know, Isaac, that's something we haven't thought a lot about when it comes to, previously, Rob and I haven't yeah. talked a lot about what does a new person getting in the industry look like right now? What mm-hmm. is, you know, um, what are they looking for? What kind of support do they need? Um, we haven't talked enough about that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but when I was looking to see how the show was going to change going forward, um, that was something I considered was the different voices that we wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the voices of Rob and I, you've been stuck with for all these years cause we're the ones that started doing this journey. Um, and you're still stuck with me, but, um, you know, I, I try to be a little more deliberate about looking for those voices and, um, and I can tell you that you'll, you'll at least get to hear from one new voice who will have a different perspective, which I think is going to be really helpful mm-hmm. um, without giving too much info. I mean, it's my show. I can literally say whatever I want, but, <laughs> but I don't plan on announcing uh, the new format until the new format is, is hitting uh, because I like surprises. So, um, you know, and I like to keep you on your toes. But that is something for sure that I've been thinking about uh, more. Uh, but previous to that, yeah, did not think. I don't think we thought enough about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um but we, I guess we kind of always felt like there's this resource that we've left for those behind us. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's something we've always been real proud of. And and of course, there are more resources available to people now than there were when, when we got started years ago. Um, several other podcasts that are out there, you know, Game Crafter is so much bigger and stronger than it used to be. Um, Proto Spiels are bigger. Unpub is bigger. Um, there are more game design communities, regional game design communities than ever. We had Gray on last week talking about the the group that he put together. I mean, Game Designers of North Carolina has just exploded, I mean, right? If you want to be in a game design group that's going to help make you successful, I don't think you're going to find a better one than Game Designers of North Carolina. Of course, you have to move to North Carolina, which... It's kind of a drag, but um, <clears throat> that's better than whatever. South Carolina, right? Do do what uh, do what Gray did and start your own, you know, yes. um, and get get people together. So so that that sort of stuff, those networks that people have built uh, over the the last years, uh, give so many more opportunities. But then again, I mean, I think there's a whole lot more competition than there was seven years ago when we started. Um, you know, there in Origins, I think on three separate occasions when I was just hanging around. Um, I, I, three separate occasions, I heard three different groups of people talking about games that they were pitching, you know, there's also, so, so there's more people, uh, uh, trying to get meetings and talk to publishers and, and sell their games, but there's also more publishers, more small publishers in the so world. Many, started, so right? many, so many. So it's, it's an interesting, interesting time. Um, I don't know if those two things are gl- growing at the same rate, um, 
you know, and even even just the events, Gen Con has grown so much. Uh, the the hobby has grown dramatically. Um, and Isaac, your your uh, your design buddy Matt still said one of the smartest things that we ever heard, which is, is you know, new games are for, are for new new gamers. Um, it's something that always rings in my ears, and that you don't. And that said, you don't have to try and do better than the last thing than than the greats. You know, you don't have to try and do better than Catan or do better than whatever all the other Spieler winners and, and and all the other fantastic games that have sold you know hundreds of thousands of copies. You you need to you just need to work on something that's fun, and and don't put that pressure on yourself. And that's all that the publishers are looking for is they they want to they want to find something that's new and fun that people get excited. I want to know where the fun is. Thanks, Matt Riddle. Also, right. So, <clears throat> man. quote Ian Moss, "What the fun?" Right. Who who would have thought that that two of our best quotes came from Matt Loomis and Matt Riddle? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Wow, that just hit me hard. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. <clears throat> huh. Anywho. Anyway. Uh, one more from Isaac. One more. Isaac is going to lend uh, some help to a mystery okay. that I brought up all right. uh, months ago. Should I should I give it? Should I talk about the mystery at all? I, I probably Maybe. should bring it up because he's going to mention it a little bit and okay. from what I can read in this in this voicemail. Right. But refresh us. Uh, so when it, Neil and I went on the design retreat, uh, one of the things I pointed out was that uh, the household said they were vegetarian and we weren't allowed to cook. Oh right. And yeah. Isaac, smart man that he is, has, has a possible solution as okay. to why they said that right. and what they actually meant. All right. Hey guys, it's Isaac again, and uh, just listening to your speculation about the vegetarian uh, Airbnb that uh, uh, Neil and um, Jason were headed off to, and it occurs to me that it is possible, possible I say, and I'm speculating, that the uh, household was not vegetarian, or perhaps was vegetarian as well as being kosher. Um, because the the rules provided seem to indicate that they had a grill that they were keeping as um, uh, available for anyone's use, but that the concern was heating things up on the stove top, um, where you know by kosher rules uh, that would uh, actually make the stove top uh, unfit for kosher use and would need to be sort of recleaned and, and, and heated up and so forth, and it would be a, a pretty big pain. So um, maybe uh, for ease of explaining things, they just went with vegetarian, uh, but the specific rules seem to be kosher. And with all this talk of rules, I feel like there's a game in here, but I'm not sure what it is, so I'll leave that to you. Uh, this is Isaac again. Thanks, and talk to you later. Aha. So, yes. That, you might have cracked it, sir. So now I'm super curious if yeah. the person that owned the house was Jewish or not, sure. <laughs> if this was just a kosher thing, but uh, that really makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. What a simple way to not have to say, yeah, just, we only do kosher things, you know, yeah. because I, I, after being in this house, I 100% believe the woman that lived there is vegetarian. Yeah, 100% believe okay. vegetarian. Yes. Um, but uh, I Did do. Did she have a bunch of meat? Meat is murder posters around? No, but there were chicken nuggets in the refrigerator, in the freezer, which mm. I didn't understand. Maybe those are from someone else. So uh, from the previous tenant could be, but if it was from the previous tenant, you don't cook those on the grill, man. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, chicken so, nuggets on the grill would not. Then be. again, maybe it was heated in the oven. I don't. I don't know. So hmm. I don't know. Chicken nuggets. But maybe anyways. they weren't vegan nuggets. 
You know, they may have actually been vegan nuggets. C H I K apostrophe N. I've seen those before. Yeah, chicken chicken nuggets. So very good. Very good. Yes. Great. Well, thank you to everybody left left us messages. And it's getting late here, so I'm not going to pitch a game tonight. Um, I was just going to do a... So one quick thing on the pitching thing. I think until we get Rob kicked out of here, um, what you're going to hear is a lot of us doing um, pitch challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rob, for obvious reasons, because he's a slacker. um, No, I'm just kidding. But but me as well. And that's because most of the new stuff I'm working on, I'm working on with Neil. Um, And uh, I don't... I I feel weird pitching those games on my own without Without Neil. Sure. and uh, in the with with the format I have planned going forward, um, I will be pitching not as much as I have in the past, at least okay. in my estimation. Um, and uh, and for for those times when I do, I'll either have Neil on or I'll be pitching some little side project I'm working on or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm really big on if I'm co-designing something with someone, I really want to pitch it at the same time with them. Um, so, so anyways, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the rationale behind that. But for tonight, it's just, we simply, uh, the episode may not be super long, but we, we ran out of recording time. Uh, sometimes that happens and, uh, yeah. And I feel like we had a good, good substantial episode anyway. So if you're not happy with that, just, just deal with it. Just suck it. Yeah. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, Jason says suck it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to call it then. We're going to call it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send an email to, an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at PodcastBTG. Jason is at J.A. Slingerland. I am at Poorly underscore Design. Like us on places. Give us good reviews on the iTunes and other podcast apps. Uh, and uh, call our Google Voice number at 770-TELL-BTG. Our website is buildinggamepodcast.com. And uh, we'll do this again next week. I don't know. Are we going to have a guest next week? We'll find out. Maybe we'll just talk more about Marvel movies. We might have a guest, though. We That's might. my goal. I have three more guests lined up. Okay. I just have to schedule them, so okay. I'm going to shoot for that. You may have two guests next. Oh, Very man. good chance. Oh, man. I don't even know what's happening. The whole the world is crashing down around us. I'm okay with that. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>